Well, we've been working through a series called Fundamentals for the last couple of weeks, where we started it last week, and it's this basic idea that when we work, when we master the fundamentals of our faith, so the behaviors, the actions that are the core basic ideas of being a Christian, when we master those, then we set ourselves up for letting God use us in amazing ways. And if we don't master them, then we find that often down the road, they trip us up. And we may be doing some amazing things. We may have big ministries or have huge churches or, or doing whatever, be missionaries, all these sorts of things. And we hear stories about this. But then there's failures and moral failures and things fall over and things fall apart. And I think what we need to do is kind of work back to the basics, master those basics. And that way we can build a solid foundation for ourselves even if we've been Christians for a long time. I think this is a really good thing. So we started that last week. We looked at community. This week, we're gonna, and next week, we're going to look at the idea of worship. And worship is kind of an interesting idea because we think, well, we do that every week. I mean, we stand up, we sing. That's worship, right? Yes, and also no. Um, it is certainly not the full picture of worship. There's a lot of ways of looking at worship, but I think... A definition that we can use that Molly is going to be using with the kids downstairs as well is this. Worship is showing God how amazing we think he is. Dad, if you want to throw that um, slide up there, just the next slide. I don't have my clicker today. It's on you, man. All right. Showing God how amazing we think he is. That can be done in several different ways, including praise. We praise God, we sing, but again, there's more to praising than just singing. There's other things that we do to show how, God, how amazing we think God is by trusting Him. Trust is an act of worship. And we're going to look at praise and we're going to look at trust next week in our Fano service. But this week we're looking at another key aspect of worship, and that is obedience. It doesn't seem like a very worshipy thing. But it is. Listen to this verse in Romans chapter 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies or to give your lives, is another way of thinking of that, to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2 where it says, don't obey the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So Paul, the guy who wrote this, he's saying, worship can be an act of obedience, of yielding, of acknowledging that, you know what, I'm not in charge here. God's in charge. My act of worship to you, God, is acknowledging and submitting to your authority in my life and doing what you ask me to do. Now, I'm going to turn it over to Nate to, to kind of explain further. Nate, you want to pop on up? You're going to do a song real quick here in a second. And he's going to explain and flesh this out a little bit more about what that looks like. But before we do that, we're going to sing a song. And this song really captures the heart. Yeah, whole band come on up. Look at this. This is commitment right there. This man has broken his leg, and he is still serving us and, and, and doing music for us. Thank you. That's awesome. That's worship right there.
All right, so we're going to sing this song that I think really captures this idea of worship as obedience. It's called So Will I. Thanks for singing along, guys. Um, so, yeah, I'm a worship leader, and I don't really, to be honest, I don't love the term worship leader because it implies that I can uh, lead or make someone worship. And I don't think that I can make anyone worship, but I can lead you into it. So maybe worship leader works. But can you, can you make your kids obey? No. You can't make them obey. It's their choice to obey. So I guess you could lead them in to obeying, but it's ultimately their choice. And so worship also is a choice. So that's why I always say, I just want you to sing, and I trust that you'll make the choice to worship, and that's between you and God. Uh, But like Hamish said, worship is like, to say that worship is singing, and that it's what we do on Sunday morning, and that's the full definition of it, it's uh, it's not enough. It's lacking quite a bit, because worship, I think worship was meant to be woven into the fabric of our lives. It's meant to be in everything that we do. Um, And so worship becomes actually a response. Like Hamish said on uh, this this verse here, Romans 12, this is the the first verse that I ever memorized as a little guy. Uh, And I memorized it in the NIV. This is the NLT. It says that, hey, brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Why? Because of all he's done for you. So that because of what Jesus did for us, we respond with worship. I heard a story uh, about Shaquille O'Neal. You know Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq, big guy, 7'3 or something, 900 pounds. He, he walks into this, this uh, shop where this guy is buying an engagement ring for his fiance. And you know Shaq's there. You've, you've heard this, Mele. He, what did he do? I don't know if he does this often. If you didn't hear her, she said that he just offered to pay for this guy's engagement ring because I think he's got a lot of money. But, but okay, so something like this happens to you. What do you, think that the, what do you think that guy did? Did he just take the ring and walk out and not say anything? Or did he respond? He probably responded, and the story probably doesn't tell. But he responded with something like, oh, my goodness, thank you. I think nothing's ever happened like this before, or yada, yada, yada. You just make sure that the guy knows you really appreciate what he just did for you. Paid off his engagement ring. Just like us, worship is a response. And today, we're talking about obedience as that response. And I think that it is like a really, really good way, a poignant way that we can worship God by obeying. Now, the thing is, if we have a choice to obey and that choice to obey is kind of at odds with what we and our bodies and ourselves desire to do. And I think it often is to obey and do something that God is asking you to do is often something that's not really inside of us. It's, it goes against our sinful nature, right? But when we make the choice to obey instead, how much more worshipful is that? It becomes so much more poignant and, and impressive to God, I think, when we choose to obey. But it's a real battle, isn't it? Um, it's a battle that Paul, the writer, calls a battle between the spirit and a battle between the flesh. 
And it says here in Galatians 5.17, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So the spirit and flesh thing, it is a very real thing. They're both very real parts of us, and there's a, a real kind of battle between what, the, what Colossians says, the dominion of darkness that we've been led out of, and the, the kingdom of light. But when we make that choice, God experiences that as worship. But the struggle is like it's as old as creation itself. Because remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are sitting there. The woman saw that there was this fruit of the tree, saw it was good and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband. And he ate it. That was the first choice to disobey. So really what it was was just a failure to honor God and worship him by obedience. And since then, you know we've all come up with a long list as humanity of ways to disobey God. And I want you to help me with this. I'll, I'll get you started. But things like pornography giving in to lustful desires, objectifying women, sex outside the boundaries of marriage, things like road rage, using your words to tear others down. What else? Just, just spit them out there. All, I'm not asking for a confession. I'm not, this isn't what you've done necessarily. But what, what are the ways that we have human, as humanity have disobeyed God? Say again. Murder, yeah. Addictions. Addictions. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Sing it again. What else? Yep, Lo the love of money. It's not money itself, but the love of money. We put that in front of God. That's disobedience. He said, hey, put me first. Okay, now let's flip it around then. The other side of this. If we do choose, say the, the spirit in us wins and we choose to obey, what does that look like? I'll, I'll get us started again. Maybe not acting on your anger. Maybe just learning to be a really good mom or dad. This is obedience. This is worship. Trusting God by following the guidelines that he set for sex inside the boundaries of marriage. What else? Self-control. Worship. Generosity. Worship. Say it again. Contentment. That's a great one. Worship. Being content. Yep. Honesty. It's worship. Choosing to not tell that little white lie. It's, and it's that, that spiritual battle. All of us battle with these things. In our bodies, in our minds, we long to do the things that belong to the dominion of darkness. But he's calling us into the kingdom of light. So when this happens, when we make these choices, faith grows. And we know that Hebrews tells us that without faith, without faith it's impossible to please God. So he's pleased when our faith grows because we're trusting him. We're making good choices. And that, in turn, 
in other words, is worship. Obedience is worship. Are you tracking with me? Another way to say this, yielding is worship. Do you guys recognize this road sign? What does it say? Usually it says what? Give way, right? When I, when I was growing up in the USA, do you remember driving in the USA, Adrian? What does that sign actually say? Yield. That's right. So when we yield our lives, we're really saying we, we're giving way to what he's asking us to do. We're saying your way is better than my way. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't get it sometimes, but top of the T goes before me. I'm giving way, right? John the Baptist calls it like give, he must become greater. I must become less. And Jesus himself said, if you love me, Obey my commands. Obedience is worship. Um, yeah, Philippians 2 says that Jesus followed through. He did this. Like, he followed through and was obedient to death, even to death on the cross. And knowing what was coming in the Garden of Eden, everything in, his, in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm sorry, not Eden, in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was sent to the cross, Everything in his body was telling him, do not yield. Run. I don't want to endure this. Luke 22. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond the uh, disciples, and he knelt down and he prayed these words, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. How many times have we said that? And yet, here's his response. Can we say this? Not my will but yours be done. And thank God Jesus yielded. Thank God he gave way to the spirit in him rather than what his flesh wanted, or we'd be in real trouble, wouldn't we? Thank God the spirit won that battle. Not my will, but yours be done. This was the ultimate example of handing your body and your life over to God. So can you, I guess my question is, can you do that? Are you willing to give everything as an act of worship to your God who gave you everything? He gave his all. And our response is, we have this choice to obey and let him lead us to places we'd never go on our own, to do things we'd n normally never do without this as a response in worship. And this is how life becomes, all of life becomes worship. It's woven into the fabric of every choice we have to make. It can be worship or it can be disobedience. It's really as simple as that. And I don't get this right. I do not get this right. Just ask my wife all the time. I don't get it right all the time. Sometimes I do. Uh, there was this time in my life when I was 17 years old and I feel like I was at a crossroads and I could, I thought to myself, I could continue down this, this road. And I was already a Christian, grew up in a Christian home. My dad's a preacher. And I had a plan for my life. And it wasn't, let me be clear about this. What I wanted to do, God could have used and blessed and blesses this path in other people. I just wanted to be a landscape architect. I was already enrolled at the University of Kentucky. It was not a Christian school. I had no intention of going into uh, the ministry, which I also hate that because we're all in the ministry, right? But I was not going to be a full-time vocational pastor. And I believe God 
blesses that and leads people into careers like that. But for me, I wanted to be sure before I took that step. So I said, for like six months, I think it was, I just prayed over and over, God, not my will, but yours be done. Like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, God, I will go there. And so over the course of six months, I slowly started to wonder, oh, maybe there is something else. But not, not enough. Like, I never heard a voice saying, go into the ministry. You know, that, that wasn't my story. But what happened was I got fired from my job. <laughs> and that was a bit of a, a sign. I was working as a graphic designer, and I was like, I probably wasn't the right person for the job, to be honest, because I was the head designer, and I was 17, and I had no experience other than high school. <laughs> I don't know why they hired me in the first place. So three weeks into that, they were like, yeah, this is going to be your last day. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm really slow. And the next week was uh, Christ in Youth Conference. So it's like E-Camp in the USA. And I, um, yeah, I started thinking, oh, now that I, I've been fired from my job and I don't have anything to do, I may as well go along with the youth group. So I went, and it was there. On the last night, they, you know, they always do worship and teaching, and then there's, a, there's always an opportunity for you to respond, which I love. So at the end of the worship set, at the end of the teaching, they, they had this opportunity to respond. And you can go up to the front and you can commit your life to Jesus for the first time. I had ticked that box. You can, you can rededicate your life to Jesus. And I didn't feel like that was it. And there were several other options, but one of them was to dedicate your life to full-time Christian ministry. And I found myself up there not knowing why I was there. But I just felt, you know, the Spirit calling me to go up front. And then I, when I looked at the things that I could declare it was obvious at that point that I need to just give my vocational life completely over to Jesus as an act of serve, as an act of obedience and as a response of worship. And so at that point I'm 17 years old and my whole life changes. The trajectory of my life changed from going to secular university, getting a, a, a decent job and, and again God could have blessed that but I instead had to go find the nearest Christian university. I enrolled, and two weeks later, I was at school. The first day of school, I met my wife on my 18th birthday, and the rest is history. I had no experience uh, it, with music at that point. I sang in some choirs growing up, in church choirs, but just for fun, and I was not, like, skilled at all at that. But at that point, I do feel God said, hey, here's something that I've given you to do. You've responded in obedience, and here's my calling, and here's the gifting that you have. So I learned to play the guitar with a VHS tape and rewinding, a lot of rewinding and playing. And I started leading worship, and here I am today. Never knew I would be in New Zealand. I never knew I would be called to this place, but I'm so grateful met my wife and now I've got three kids like everything has changed because of that one decision so my encouragement to you is what is your calling what is God asking you to do in response to his grace that he's poured out on your life is it what you're already doing great if it if it's not what is it like just ask him